want to get, get into the word, but I find it interesting that, you know, Marissa shared out of Hebrews 12. Uh, so if we can turn there, we're going we're gonna to flip through uh, a couple pages here. I'm just going to read all of Hebrews and we'll just go home. I'm kidding. But uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates the perf- and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, And now he's seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. And think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up. When he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now, I, find, I, I thought it was great that that's what the Lord put on our heart to share, because I'm going to be focusing on like the next few verses after what she read. Uh, specifically when it says in verse 5, have you forgotten the encouragement that God spoke to you? So the author of Hebrews is telling the recipients of this letter, God gave you some encouraging words, and here they are. My child, don't make light of of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. And for the Lord disciplines those that he loves, and he punishes the ones that he accepts as a child. I find it very interesting that the encouragement, the encouraging word from God was, don't run from discipline. Don't run from being corrected. Because in our day and age, discipline doesn't really click that way. And the author of Hebrews here connects it with the fact that we are his children. And we're going to go, we're going to look later on at the next few verses there, but we're going to, we're going to jump around uh, in Proverbs because what I really felt on my heart was to talk about discipline. Uh, Specifically uh, for those with children and those who will have children one day. But I really felt specifically like God wanted me to, to, for us to go and look into the scriptures and see what he says about this. Uh, so turn to Proverbs 13, and we're going to look at a lot of verses here in the book of Proverbs. I, I was, uh, saw someone online the other day, it said Proverbs is like God's Twitter feed. Just these little quick one-liners. <laughs> but Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13.24 says, Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. And those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Very strong words. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like, I read that and I feel like, surely that's not what it means. Like, that can't be, it can't be that serious. But then you go through the scriptures and you see the way that God talks about disciplining children. <clears throat> and I looked up the definition for discipline, and there were seven definitions. And 
I'll read you a, a couple of them. One of them is training to improve strength or self-control, like being disciplined in the way you do things, whether it's getting up in the morning and praying or whether you're training for a, a marathon or something like that. You need to be disciplined in your preparation for that. And then he goes, when he starts, the, the definition starts to change focus, and they say the act of punishing or develop to develop children's behavior by instruction and practice, especially to teach self-control. Now remember, the encouragement from God was, don't run from discipline. Don't run from me, God, helping you to develop self-control. And the last definition was to punish in order to gain control or enforce obedience. If I, if I could change that first word punish there, because personally I'm, I just I don't like the word punish. I just feel like it has bad connotations when we hear it. So if we could change even the definition for discipline to applying consequences in order to gain control or enforce obedience. And so this is the encouragement from the Lord. Don't run from this. And specifically, I, I really felt to talk about when it comes to our kids, when it comes to being a family, because we can't say we want God to turn us into a family and then not talk about discipline. We can't say that we want God to, to rule our family and be the head of our home and not talk about discipline because the Father disciplines those he loves. So I, I want to I say before we get into this, and, and some of the guys that were in the, the class that I had to teach on Hebrews the other day, uh, got to got to hear this part, but just I believe there's a, I don't like the word punishment because I, I feel like there's a difference between punishment and discipline. You know, Janelle and I uh, worked at a camp in Missouri called Kids Across America, and I worked with the ten-year-olds, the ten-year-old boys, and I had the youngest kids at the camp, and I enforced, as you could imagine, strict discipline in my cabin with the ten-year-olds, and it was funny because like the other counselors would call me the Mama Duck. Because everywhere I went, the kids were in a straight line behind me. <laughs> but it was, it was just the way, this is just what seems right to me. You know, this is, this is the way my brain works. And it was, it was hard at first, those first couple of days, trying to get these kids to fall in line with what the rules were at the camp and what the rules were in our cabin. But by the end of the week, they were having a blast and they were enjoying it inside the confines of the boundaries that we set as parents for the week. Right? And I felt like that's, that's, that's discipline. And part of what we learned at the camp was that we don't punish kids for acting out. We discipline them for acting out. So if kids had to do push-ups, if a kid said a bad word or they hit somebody they weren't listening and they had to do push-ups, then we disciplined them. And the way we disciplined them was they had to do 20 push-ups, 30 push-ups, whatever it was. And we had to do it with them. We, we did push-ups with them. And so we, and we, we taught them, listen, I'm not punishing you. I'm doing this too. I don't want to do push-ups either. But if you're going to keep messing up, we're going to have to keep doing this. And there was a difference between punishing them and making them do it and sitting back and watching them struggle through this and saying, man, I'm going to get down there and do it with you. And I remember that last, last summer I worked at camp, man, I was probably knocking out 300 push-ups a day with these kids. I mean, I had 10-year-olds. And if you know me and you see me around kids, there's always, they're always doing something wrong. So there was whole, we were always doing push-ups. <laughs> But this, for me, this is the way I, I see the, the difference between discipline. Is discipline it, it involves love. You know, I, I discipline my kids. I don't punish them. You know, and if you try to enforce discipline without love, then your kids are going to despise you. 
and they're going to obey you out of fear. And essentially, you're going to create robots because they're just so deathly afraid of being disciplined or punished that they're just going to do whatever you say. And when they get older, they're going to despise you. And for some of us, we grew up in a home where we didn't get disciplined, we got punished. And so this kind of conversation is uncomfortable. And this conversation brings up wounds and it brings up past hurts and it makes people feel bad. You know, but I feel like it's safe to talk about because we're a family. And if we really want to be a family, we're going to have to talk about these things. And we're going to have to allow God to do things and fix things because some of us have wrong thinking when it comes to this. And so that's what I'm hoping that by God's grace, when we take a look at the word here, we're, we're going to be able to correct this thinking. But at the same time, we can't say we're really loving our kids without bringing up discipline. Because we read in the Proverbs, right? They go, they go together. And so if you try to love your kids without discipline, you're going to have spoiled kids. And they're not going to really understand grace. Because they're going to live with a sense of entitlement. They're going to feel like, I deserve this. I'm supposed to get this. It's my right. Because they've never been brought, you know, what I like to say in my home, in, into alignment. You know, my kids might spend a couple days with, you know, grandparents or something like that with, the grandparents, that's what they do. They let them eat candy and eat sugary cereals. And, you know, and then when they get home, it's a couple of days of bringing them back into alignment. Helping them remember, well, these are the way we do things in our house, right? So we looked, we looked at Proverbs, one verse in Proverbs. If you're still in Proverbs, turn to chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 11, 11 and 12. says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. You know, again, we're, we're, I mean, we're just going to go through Proverbs and just look at these verses that they're just there. And you're not paying attention. You'll just breeze over this. Because we, I'm, I'm trying to take these scriptures. And yes, it relates to us and God. But I believe as a parent, it relates to me and my kids. You know, I love them. Therefore, I discipline them. Right? Uh, turn to Proverbs 19. 19.18. The author says, Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise you will ruin their lives. Discipline your children while there is hope. It's almost like he's saying there's going to be a time where there is no hope. There's going to be a time when disciplining your kids is not going to work. Anybody ever go to high school with somebody like that? No matter what their parents said or did, it just didn't work. You know, and I was listening to a, 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 a guy by the name Denny Keniston. Some of you heard of him. But when he was talking about this verse, he says, you know, it's, it's if you plant a tree, and it's a, it's a small tree, and the, the, he said at his house he has a tree that's on a, like on a hill. So the tree's going to grow this way. And he said that all you have to do to straighten it out is take a string, tie it to the top of the tree, and put it this way so that the tree bends this way and it grows this way. He said, and you want to do that in the early years, because if you try doing that five, six years in, you're going to need a chainsaw and a, and a bulldozer to get the tree to, to straighten out. It's no longer just a small string, because the tree has grown in a certain direction for five, six years, and all of a sudden, you're trying to change its direction when it's just leaning in a certain way. So he says, discipline your children while there's still hope. 
And again, remember, when, I say, when I'm saying discipline, I'm not talking about punishing our kids. And I'm always talking about like, we do this with love and in love. You know, but man, there's, there's wisdom here in the scriptures about how to raise children. And I'm bringing this up because, again, some of us grew up in homes where this was not practiced. Some of us grew up in homes where, people, where we were beaten. And some of us grew up in homes where we never got spanked. And, and it wasn't because we were just good kids. Just didn't happen. And I'm not faulting anybody's parents for what they did or didn't know. I'm just saying we have the scriptures now, and some of us are in a position to raise up children, and some of us are going to be having kids this year. And you're going to have to be thinking about these things and talking about these things with your husband or wife, and some of you soon, one day, husbands and wives, about how are we going to discipline our kids. This is a conversation Janelle and I had to have, and even still are having, about when, when do we discipline, under what circumstances. Do we discipline, and when do we say no, and when do we start disciplining Asia, and all these, all these, it's, it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I think it's just assuming that it's just going to be the way that my parents did it, that doesn't always mean that it's right. Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen, says, a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it far away. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it away. You can turn to Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. says, don't fail to discipline your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may save them from death. Another translation says, save, essentially ruining their lives. Spanking your kids, disciplining your kids might save your kids from ruining their own lives. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm telling you because, this, like, we didn't talk about this growing up. I got, I got spanked, but it wasn't like we had, like, Bible studies about how to get spanking, you know? And so these are things I had to learn, you know, just from sitting before God. God, I'm, I got kids now. What am I supposed to do? You know, I don't want to just go, I don't want to be uh, presumptuous and assume I know how this all works. You know, Proverbs 29, 15 says, To discipline a child produces wisdom. But a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Now we just read that if you discipline your kids, they won't die. It won't ruin their lives, right? And we said that kids' hearts filled with foolishness. But discipline will drive it far away. So what happens when, when, when foolishness is driven far away? Wisdom can now set in. You can teach a kid right from wrong with discipline. And at the same time, because we're talking about, our, my, I'm talking about my kids and us as parents, but at the same time, understand this, this applies to us in our relationship with God the Father. You know, where he'll discipline us to drive out the foolishness in our hearts so that we might be open to receiving wisdom. But it comes through discipline. Same chapter 29, verse 17. Discipline your children, and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Now, sometimes I feel like that's, that's a contradiction, because if you've ever spanked your kids, especially when they're small, it's hard. And my heart doesn't feel glad when I hear my three-year-old screaming for dear life. I mean, because it's hard. There's, 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 my pain is involved in this. In the same way, when I was working at this camp and I would do push-ups with these kids, 
So I don't, I don't want to do this because it's going to be hard for me too. There's something attached to discipline. Where, they, where you have some of yourself invested in this. Well, listen, I don't want to have to do this, but I have to do this. And if you can teach your children, if we can teach our kids, man, even at an early age, because some of us, when we got born again, if we would have learned this as new believers, we wouldn't be dealing with some of the things we're dealing with now. Because we didn't learn how to receive discipline. I remember one, one day I was sitting at Dave's house, and we were talking, having this conversation. Jubilee was very little. And I was just asking, like, what do you guys do? Like, how did you know when it was time to start spanking your kids? And I'm just trying to learn. And he's, he's explaining to me, oh, we, you know, we have to, and you, you do this, you do that. And Israel comes out of the bedroom. He just woke up. His hair's all a mess. He's walking to the bathroom. And we're at the table, and he's like, Iz. And he stops. He's like, why, why does Daddy spank you? And he's like, because God said he has to. And then he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Because God said he had to. And I remember, and it was just like, you see, like, my kids, his kids were older at the time. He's like, they understand. I don't want to have to do this, but I have to do this. You know, and it, it's hard. I'm telling you, the last time I think we had to spank Jubilee, I mean, both of us were like, hearts were like, oh, I don't want to ever have to do that again. Because it was hard. Because she's older now, so she'll try to manipulate the situation. She knows if she starts crying bloody murder beforehand, she, it might not be as bad, you know. So it's hard because, man, she's good at it. <laughs> she's good at it. You know, but this is, this is part of, of us being a family, right, learning how to discipline in love. And I want to say, man, we, we have to be very careful that we're not disciplining our kids in frustration and in anger. Because God doesn't discipline us in anger and frustration. It's, it, the, the Hebrews tells us he disciplines those that he loves. It's a sign of his love. But, man, there are times, and, and Bill Johnson said this when he has a, uh, he did this, this teaching on parenting. And he talked about that if he's got company over and his kids were acting up, they, and his kids, you know, they interrupted something or whatever it is, that now his kid, they need to get spanked. They need to be disciplined. And he said he would send them to the room, and he said, I would leave them in the room by themselves, for as long as it took me to calm down. So he says, I didn't want to go in there angry. I didn't want to go in there upset. I didn't want to go in there and pour out my wrath on them. He wants to pour out his love on them. Right? So you, you, as a parent, we have to make sure that your heart is in the right place. And then he even goes on to say that with his family, that it was, discipline was like a 30-minute ordeal. They'd go in, they'd talk about it, spank the kids. I don't know how long they'd make them, you know, wait or whatever. Then they'd go in and they'd talk about it some more to make sure that the kid understood why they were being disciplined, that they were loved and all those things. I mean, our, in our home, Jubilee would get spanked, and then we'd leave her in the room by herself for 10 minutes, and then we'll come in afterwards and we'll talk with her about it. And you don't have to – plenty of people were like, you can't do 10 minutes, she's always good. We did 10 minutes, and she's gotten used to it. But every time, almost every time we spank, we have to spank her. Almost every time after those 10 minutes is up. As soon as we walk in the room, she wants to hug. She wants to cuddle. She says, I'm sorry. She says, I love you. Because she under, she's, she's learning. And listen, man, this is hard for me too. And afterwards, for me, and in our home, after the spanking's done and after the 10 minutes of just sitting in that, 
everything's it's done. We're not, we're not talking about it. No more, I'm not going to bring it up in an hour. If she has to get spanked later that day, it's for a completely new sin. Not because, oh, this has been boiling for the last, you know, seven hours. But I think that's, this, is, this is part of us learning how to discipline our children. You know, if you let your kids call the shots all day long, and then finally what ends up happening, the kid does something wrong and you say, I should spank him on this, too tired, so don't do that. And then something else happens and then it's like, oh, well, I'm busy right now, so don't do that. And then a couple of don't do that, and then finally you're like, that's it, I've had it. And now this kid gets the rash that's been stored up for them all day. And, and I'm, I'm here to say, man, this is not, lo- we're not loving our kids. You know, if, if we're really loving our kids, guess what? That first time, you're going to sit them down and have a serious conversation. Listen, if you do this again, you will be spanked. And no matter if I'm doing something, if we're in the middle of something, and I do it again, I have to stop what I'm doing to, one, keep my word to my kids, and because I understand that I'm not just spanking them because I'm frustrated, but because I'm trying to teach them something. And this is the way that God works with us. You know, and, and the reality is, it's, 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 not, it's not easy. But as parents, we're called to do this. You know, and it's, this, all, this applies, when, when I say discipline, I'm not just talking spanking. Because different people receive different discipline differently. You know, I was talking to my wife and I asked a couple other, you know, women that I know, like, did you get spanked a lot growing up? And they're like, no, I didn't have to. My dad just would give me that look and I was, I was, I was back into alignment. And that's how it is with Jubilee. Like, we have to spank Jubilee, but most of the time, if I just give her a firm, you know, make sure she understands, she's, she's kind of rides that middle, you know, there line there. But for some people, I remember one time I was sitting at Dave's house and Jubilee was playing very quietly. She was just being a good kid. Jubilee's a good kid. She's kidding herself. And Ade and Elias are like running around being Ade and Elias. They're just climbing stuff, breaking stuff, throwing stuff, screaming, all this. And me and Dave are trying to have a conversation, but Danielle's in like the living room or something and me and Dave are in the kitchen and so the kids are there and they're making all types of noise and he's, he's He's just kind of like, okay, they, I, I can't focus because they're distracting me. So he gets up and he corrects them and he looks at me and he says, man, I can't wait till you have boys. <laughs> so I can't wait till you have boys, man. He says, you got it easy, man. Because boys, they're different. They're just, they, they need to be disciplined differently. So I, I don't have boys, so I don't know that for sure, but I trust Dave. And I, and I trust the other brothers that I, that I know that have sons. And to say, man, it's different. And some, some boys need to be disciplined different than girls do. You know, I didn't have to, you know, I don't, I don't have to, like, whoop Jubilee. I mean, she, she gets afraid when I, when I walk in the room with a spoon. I could be making Kool-Aid, and <laughs> she's terrified. <laughs> it's like, if I pull out the spoon, like, no matter what, she, she's just watching, like, like, where is she going? And she'll be like, Daddy, why do you have that? Today she was, you know, she kept, so I had to pull the spoon out and I put it on the table because it's, it's all so there. Maybe she'll see it and be like, okay, I need to listen. But when I put it out, she says, Daddy, I'm listening. <laughs> so she, she knows how to, how to work the system. 
But man, but this is part of it. You know, this is part of us being parents, right? And loving our children. Because we just read, man, he, he, he spares discipline, hates his kids. Hates his kids, man. But those who love him, we're going to enforce discipline. And again, I'm not talking about punishing our kids. You know, personally, I, I think that it's good to have healthy conversations like this with parents that have had kids. We don't have parents in here that have kids that are in their, you know, 20s and 30s that are still serving Jesus. So I, I'm kind of, I feel like, well, God, I don't have sons. My oldest is three years old. Do I really have a place to be talking about this? But I feel like, man, this is something that God has been speaking to me and putting in my heart. And as a family, we should talk about this, right? And there's a quote by a guy named Adam Clark. And he says, It is better that the child be made to cry when the correction may be helpful than that the parents should cry afterward when the child is grown and the habits are formed and it is too late. I mean, there's, there's, there is a time when it's too late. You know, you talk to parents now, they got kids that are even 8, 9, and 10, and they'll say, man, I try to spank them now, and it doesn't do anything. You know, usually this will happen with, you know, single moms. Like, they'll have kids that are older, and they're just like, yeah, I try, and it's just, it's not working. I just don't know what else to do. And I'm, I'm here to su- submit to you guys, man. The answer is not swinging harder. But it's time and love and respect and honor. And yeah, you still need to swing. They still, they still need to be disciplined. But man, but it, it comes when there's a trust that I know you love me. So I'm going to receive this discipline in a certain light. Or the, the, the way we've trained our kids to think is when you get angry, I pay for it. I get yelled at. I get embarrassed in front of my friends. I get dragged, you know, in public, you know, out of a room, into the bathroom. You know, like, we have to think about the way that we discipline our kids. Because the way we discipline our children is going gonna, is gonna to directly affect the way they receive discipline from God. Hands down. You know, Denny, Denny Keniston, who has this series called The Godly Home, and uh, this is one of the things he talks about in raising godly ki- kids. And he says for his children, he'll, he'll, he'd spank his kids and, in, in, in the boundaries of them knowing, understanding love and understanding these truths that we're looking at. And he said that his kids would get spanked and then come back later. And he said his son would say, Papa, I don't like when you spank me. It hurts. But I, I like the feeling I have afterwards of being right and being clean. You know, there's, there's something about helping them understand that this is what discipline is. Because one day when this little boy is 17, 18, 19, 20, 30, and God brings him into alignment with his will, he can say, man, God, this is hard and I don't like it. But I appreciate that you did it because it's bringing me into alignment. You know, this, this is why we should be disciplining our kids. This is why we should be firm and we shouldn't be, not because, you know, it, everything has to be done a certain way. And I'm not trying to at all say that everybody has to discipline their kids the way I do mine. I'm just saying, man, we need to think about this and make sure that, that it's understood because, man, the tree will grow a certain direction and it'll just get used to that. And so then all of a sudden, you know, the tree's grown like this for five, six years and all of a sudden dad gets saved and he thinks his kids are going to be like this because his dad responded to an altar call. That's not how it works, man. It takes time. It takes a chain and a bulldozer and grace and love 
to wrap that kid up and pull him in the right direction. And it takes time. Because if you do it too harshly, you'll rip the tree right out of the ground, uprooting everything. And that's what it needs to be done gently. It needs to be done in love. Right? This is, our, this is who we are as a family. Right? <clears throat> and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. A couple more passages I want to look at. <clears throat> and all this came about, I was, I've been, I'm reading through 1 Samuel. And all this came about because I, re- I read, it was just like a, you know, you kind of just passed by a verse and didn't notice it was there, but something just, you know, stuck out to me. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. It says, And the Lord came and called before, called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. And I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. God speaks to Samuel, and this is the word. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to judge Eli and his family. Why? Because they're blaspheming me and he didn't discipline them. 1 Kings 1.6, this is after David is old and, and he's weak, and they're trying to take care of him. And one of his sons appoints himself as king. He says, I'm going to be the king. He's not the oldest. The oldest would be the next guy to be king. But his other son says, no, I'm going to be king. And he makes, gets chariots for himself, and he gets 50 guys to march before him to make himself king. In verse 6, of 1 Kings 1 says, Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? This is the way the author of Kings explains why the not oldest son thinks he can make himself king. This is why the not oldest son thinks he can call the shots. Because he was never even questioned by his father. Why are you doing that? Back in Proverbs, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 30, it says, Physical punishment cleanses away evil. Such discipline purifies the heart. I mean, when, when we read that, it, goes, it, it, it just makes sense when you read the story of Eli and how God was expecting him to discipline his kids. How God was expecting David to put his kids in check. And we even learn later Samuel's kids. It doesn't say anything about the way that they disciplined him, but he said his kids were not like him. They were greedy and they were taking bribes. It just, it's, the Lord goes out of his way to point these things out for us, to give us these guidelines, to give us some wisdom as far as how to raise up our kids in a godly way. <clears throat> you know, like as I said earlier, Disciplining is going to be different depending on your kids. You, you might have a boy that just just needs to be told and he's going to listen. I'm not at all saying there's like a, here's the, the, the model, the formula on how to spank your kids depending on, you know, what they did. It comes through relationship. 
and you have a, a healthy relationship with your kids, you know how they can and can't receive. You know what's going to crush them, and you know what's going to work, right? And man, I, I feel like even as, fa- as, as a father, I want to charge the fathers of daughters in the room, and I feel like I feel a personal responsibility one day to teach my daughters how to feel protected, how to feel loved, and how to submit to authority. How when, when, when they feel like they can trust who God has placed in their lives, it's okay to come up under that and just and, and, and trust. I'm, I am grateful that my wife did not have to get spanked a lot growing up because I reap the benefits of that as a married man. And, and by God's grace, there's going to be two godly men one day that are going to thank me for the way my daughters were raised. By God's grace, they're going to say, man, I am so grateful that you, you helped your daughter, helped them learn that it's okay to just say, you know what, I don't understand, but I'm going to go with. You know, and I feel like that's our job as, as fathers to daughters. You know, where there's a, there's, a, there's a helping of leading and guiding so that when, there's, when a husband one day wants to lead and guide his wife, doesn't feel like he has to fight about it. I'm saying, man, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I don't have to fight with my wife because it's something, I want to do something crazy. Sometimes I wish she would fight me about it. Sometimes I feel like it's too easy. But man, but I feel like this is our responsibility as parents. <clears throat> and again, like I said, man, this is a picture of the way God is with us, right? If you go back to Hebrews 12, When he tells them, we have this great cloud of witnesses, he says we have to keep going, right? He says, just remember Jesus, how he was habitually mocked or tortured, I forgot how it's worded, by sinful people. If you remember that, then you won't get weary and you'll keep going. You won't give up. You will continue to persevere through the hard times. And he says, because you haven't yet... You haven't persevered to the point of giving your own life, right? That's what the author of Hebrews says. You haven't tried so hard that you're no longer here. You have not tried so hard to the point of death. And he says, have you, in verse 5, have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as his children? And again, he tells them, man, don't run from the difficulties. The, the, the chapter starts with the encouragement to keep going. To persevere. And somehow the author connects this with receiving discipline from God. Maybe God is doing something to bring you into alignment with his will. Maybe things are uncomfortable right now and things are hard because God is doing something. And like any parent, you understand one thing, man. If, if I have to discipline my kids for something... And they don't learn the lesson. We're going to have to learn the lesson again. We're going to have to teach the lesson again. I'm sure I'm not going to have to spank Jubilee one for talking back. I'm sure she's going to have to keep getting reminded about that rule in our home. And I don't see why it would be any different with God. Who he's like, listen, I, I told you this. You didn't listen. So now you're going through this. And we're going to try it again. But remember, it's all under the umbrella 
under the covering of love. Because the encouragement starts when he, when he says, don't forget the encouragement. The encouragement starts with, my child. The encouragement is not like, hey, you. Hey, buddy. Pay attention. I'm God. No, it's my child. Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. He punishes each one. Means each one of us that would be that claim to be his child should be getting disciplined, right? Verse 7 says, As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child. Whoever heard of, of a child who is never disciplined by a father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his child after all. So if God's not disciplining you, the author of Hebrews says, man, I'm not really sure if then if you're a son or a daughter. If you're not getting disciplined somehow. Because, again, remember, we, we see discipline as like it's spanking and it's always a, a bad thing. But what about when we think of discipline as applying consequences for, you know, to bring order or however it was worded earlier. Or what if we think of discipline as training to improve self-control? It doesn't always have to mean, you know, that God is spanking you from heaven and he's taking you into the wilderness. That's, we, that's how we like to coin, you know, that we're being disciplined. That we're, we're, in, we're in the wilderness right now. And I'm, man, when Jesus was in the wilderness... He was tempted by Satan himself. So it's hard. Being disciplined by God is, is hard. But it's an encouragement because we know, man, that means I'm his. It means I'm his. At the end of the day, no matter how hard this is, I have confirmation. I have assurance of my salvation in my spirit. I know I'm his because he's willing to discipline me. I don't spank other people's kids. I spank my kids. Some people might even say, yeah, go ahead. You, if they act up, you can spank them. I, I don't think I've ever spanked another person's kid. just feels weird. And I might. And part of the, even the conversation I had with Janelle is, I, 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 I told her, like, I don't know if I would spank somebody else's kids unless I was fully confident this kid felt like I loved them. I don't care what the parents say, what kind of green lights the parents gave me. If I'm not confident this kid knows that I love them, I'm not going to spank them. I'll be very firm. Because it, it, otherwise, it's just going to feel like punishment. And they're going to have to learn this lesson all over again because it wasn't done right the first time and it was my fault. You know, and there are times where, you know, and, and, and frankly, there's times where, where fathers need to step up and take the role in this area. You know, I was at a, 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 a house of, of, a, of, of a family. The, the, the father wasn't there. And I walked in and I asked, well, where the, where's, you know, so-and-so, one of the kids. And his mother told me, oh, well, he's in his room. He's acting up, blah, 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 blah. He's been very disrespectful to me. He was very, you know. And uh, she's like, oh, this is one of the reasons. He's just disrespectful. And I was like, well, that's not cool. So I go on upstairs. I come into the room. And I firmly just let the little guy know, hey, listen, the person you're talking to out there is my sister in, in Christ. And I'm not going to take you disrespecting her. And it was almost like, the ad, I mean, it completely shifted. 
his attitude, everything just completely changed. All of all, all because there was a guy in the room helping him get back into alignment. Because I know what would have happened if dad would have been home, right? And, so, and, and this is, when we have this, these conversations as a family, we, we understand what other people, even though if I would have do it that way, I know what, how you would do it, so I can help enforce that. Hey, you should stop that, because I know your dad wouldn't like you doing that. Hey, don't, don't, you shouldn't be talking like that. I know your parents don't allow you to talk like that, right? It, because we're a family, right? But I'm not going to put my hands on somebody else's kids. But man, all, just me being there and reminding them is discipline, right? <clears throat> Verse 8 says, if God, again, we'll read again. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, means that you're illegitimate and are not really his children after all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. But he disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. He disciplines us for our good so that we can share in his holiness. In verse 11, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, after it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I mean, come on, man. If, if, if we want to be a people that reflect the very character of God, we want to live holy lives. We want to reflect the righteousness of God. How do we expect to get there without discipline? Because the encouragement was, man, don't make light of God's discipline. That's a prophetic word. Don't make light of God's discipline. Don't run from it. And even this, this guy, Danny Kennison, I talked about earlier, he, sh- he shares that he even taught his kids. I mean, this, this dude is parenting on a whole other level now. He says he taught his, taught his kids how not to, like, you know, flinch when getting spanked. Because he, he, in his mind, I need to teach them how to receive discipline. I need to teach my kids how to take it. This is my job as a father. That's his, in his mind. I mean, I'm saying, man, when I was kids, man, if me, and my, me and my brother get into a fight, and he, he got to the phone first, and he called my mom. He, when I get home, I'm going to, you know. So I, and it, we had no concept of time or how long it took to get home or anything like that. So she would get out at 5, maybe she was home at like 5.30. He would call like at 1 o'clock. And I'd put on joggers, and I'd throw like a bunch of pillows, and all my dirty clothes are in my joggers, so that when she spanked me, it wouldn't hurt. And we're like walking around the house for like four hours, hot. <laughs> I didn't want to receive discipline. You know, and granted, man, there's, there, there's grace has to be a part of all of this. The, the divine empowerment to raise up godly kids. Man, I feel like if any of us still even have the arrogance to say that we know what we're doing when it comes to raising kids, I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> Because, man, it's, it's, it's always something new. It's always something. And, you know, a part of it, and I'll say this because it just popped into my head. But, you know, there's times when I want to discipline my daughter for acting just like me. 
and she she bothers me and annoys me and frustrates me so much. And I think about it, well, she learned that from me. I taught her how to talk back, or I taught her how to have an attitude, or how to whatever. You know, so I think as parents, man, we need to own up to where we dropped the ball on on this. But it's not going to help to spank our kids because we're not perfect. That's not going to fix them. We need to model it out for them. We need to teach our kids how to receive discipline. We need to teach our kids how not to flinch. And all of a sudden things get hard and we stop showing up to church. Stop showing up to Bible study. Stop showing up to prayer meetings or whatever the case is because I just don't like this season that I'm in right now. I'm telling you, man, they're paying attention. And they're learning how to receive discipline from us. And so the, 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 the practical application for all of this is, man, allow God to search your own heart. Allow God to search your own heart and show you what he thinks when he has to discipline you. How it breaks his heart, but how he understands this needs to happen. Because you're still not learning the lesson. <clears throat> you're still not, you know, in alignment with me and what, I, what I'm doing. So I need to keep bringing you back to this place. Right? Man, I want to encourage us, as, as for those that have kids already, you know, to take these scriptures, man. I hope you, if you didn't write them, the references down, let me know. I'll, I'll send this to you and, and we can just and pray over it, man, and ask God, how do we do this? How do I raise up godly kids? And talk to other people that have godly kids. That was one of the first things we did. When we got, when we got married, I knew every, everybody had advice on how to be a godly husband and wife. And I was, some of it was completely opposite and different. So we said, well, what married couple, if we ended up like them, would we be happy? Not that we had anything against anybody else. We were just closest to Dave and Danielle. So we, hey, guess what? You guys are going to be our go-to couple. If we, have, if, we're not, if we don't know how to do something in our marriage, like how, how to work something out or whatever, we're coming to you guys. We said, cool. Guess what? When we had kids, we said, well, whose kids? If our kids ended up like their kids, would we be happy? And because we were always with Dave and Danielle, we saw their kids like, man, their kids listen. They respect adults. I'll take that. So we, man, so I, I'm still... They're on the other side of the world, and I'm like, hey, so here's this situation with my kids. <laughs> and learning from them. I mean, that's how, this is how this works, right? This is discipleship. Because I didn't, I didn't have a father to teach me these things growing up. So I'm going to go with what God has provided for me. Other men and women of God. I've had conversations with Jeff and Jose but not just about disciplining kids, but in general, about marriage and about ministry, right? We learn from one another. So, man, you know, be, be, be practical. Sit down and have a conversation with somebody about, well, here's the situation. I don't think I handled it well. What do you suggest I do? And then be willing to humble yourself and apologize to your kids. Be humble enough to apologize to your kids. You can say, man, I, I, I blew that one. I'm sorry. Because they're watching, man, and they're learning. You know, so that's what I was just feeling on my heart, man, that God is wanting to, to bring us into alignment with his will as far as raising up godly kids because this is going to be a reflection of the kind of family that we are. 
Healthy churches are made up of healthy families. But we got to get things right in our own homes before we're going to start getting things right with one another. That's just, this, this is the way this is going to work. And we need each other. And we need each other to help bring reminders and whatever the case is. And there's certain people specifically that they know, like, these are the way I do things in my house. And so if I'm not around, they can help enforce rules and remind Jubilee of what the rules are when Daddy's not around. I appreciate that because we're a family, right? But yeah, I, would, I just want to encourage you guys, man, to just be praying over this, asking God to, to help you know how to discipline your kids. You don't need God to teach you how to discipline my kids. You can't discipline the way I discipline mine. I'm probably a, a little harsher than most, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. So, man, I really want to just encourage you guys, man, really seek the Lord about this. Again, for those of us that have parents, those of us that will have parents, you know, by the end of this year, a couple of us are pregnant, a couple are going to get married. But, man, you, you need to really hear from heaven about this. And for some of you that are not engaged and you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you don't have kids, man, learn how to receive discipline from the Lord, man. It'll save you a lot of time when you have kids. It'll save you a lot of heartache, you know? So, we just pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We pray, Lord, that you would enable us, Lord, to be sons and daughters that receive discipline from their father. And God, that we would model that for our kids, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would let these words just stir in our hearts, God, that we might figure out, one, what you're trying to say to us and what you're trying to do in our lives, and also what you would have us do in the lives of our children, Lord. God, bring our families to healthier places, Lord. Bring our community to a healthier place, God. Lord, you, you know my heart, God. You know that even as a leadership team, we're not trying to build a cult. We just want to look at your, your heart, look at your word, Lord, and obey. So, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to, just to bring revelation upon this word, God. And, God, I pray that 10, 15 years from now, Lord, our, our kids will be grateful that we took the time in this season to learn these things. That the, kid, the, the people, our, our kids marry, will be grateful that we took the time to teach our kids how to discern good and bad. Lord, we pray, Lord, that your grace would enable us to do all of this, God. That there would be no selfishness, no insecurity, no frustration, Lord God, present when we, when we manifest love to our children through discipline, God. In Jesus' name, amen.